and welcome to another episode of Unstoppable Overcomers. I'm your host, Joe Theodel, for this evening. Before we get started, and I'm really super excited about this episode. I know I say that all the time, but truly, I am because my guests are amazing. Um, and we will be talking about autism today, which is not something that we've ever talked about on the show. But I know the more I'm digging in and the more people that I'm um, listening to, um, they're like, Dorothy, you know, uh, this is something that's real and uh, really could use some help with that. So our guest today is no stranger to that. But before we get, bring Miss Cindy Sharp to the show, I just want to give a shout out to the Kimbra. If you need more time, resources or money, then you definitely want to get a hold of the Kimbra. And I'm trying to find that information. There it is. The Kimbra.com. These are uh, amazing rituals that will help give you more time, money, and resources. So definitely go to thecambra.com, connect with them today, tell them that Dorothy sent you, and um, yeah, get your life together with more time, money, and resources, and I promise you will not be disappointed. All right. Now I'm super excited to bring Cindy Sharp up to the show. Welcome, Cindy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Cindy, you know, when I was talking with you uh, a little bit ago and you were just sharing your story of having a son that has autism, I was just like, wow, you know, and in talking with you, um, you know, I, I can't um, I can't relate. Uh, but I, I do know that um, it must at times, you know, I think parenting itself is difficult at some days. So, you know, having a child um, that has special needs, um, you know, t- tell us a little bit about your journey. Anyways, you t- a little bit about yourself and then a little bit about your overcoming story of, um, of autism. All right. So I agree with you. Parenting is hard, especially if you're going to do it well. Um, but parenting a child with extra needs, and that's what I, the term I use is extra needs, um, is even harder. Uh, we had... Owen, my son, is 24 years old now. Um, when he was about a year and a half, we realized that something was up because he wasn't responding to his name all the time. So we took him in for a hearing test, and then we ended up putting him to speech therapy once a week. And then when when I went to the doctor, I said, look, at the terrible twos are like the terrible threes. So he sent us to a, a pediatrician who diagnosed him with having autism at the age of three. And I was seven months pregnant with my my daughter, my second child at that time. And then our journey began. And uh, at that time, um, we were told to put him into a preschool uh, to help with socialization because social skills are hard for children with autism. And we also linked up in our area. We live in a rural community, Hagersville, which is um, not far from Port Dover, Hamilton. And uh, so we have a, a place called Reach and we hooked up with them and then um, tried to get supports for him um, with that. So he went to preschool two day, sorry, uh, for two hours a day just to work on social skills. And then um, we basically got him into another speech therapist who was an angel on earth and uh, the hard work began. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, you know, I know that we talked off air, you know, the first time you hear that your child has a a special need, like, what was that like for you? Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was very hard. Um, Yeah. Nobody wants their children to have to deal with anything 
uh, extra. Life is hard on its own. Um, now with social media, it's very hard for children. Um, you know, there's a lot of bullying and pressure. So when you find out your child has an extra need, it's, it's challenging. So while we were coming to terms with that, we were doing everything we were told to do. So if the speech therapist, she would come and uh, work with us and I would sit there with with Owen and she would show me what she was doing and then tell me what she wanted to work on. And then I would work with him um, half an hour to 45 minutes a day. Um, and then she would come back and she could see the results. So then we just kept moving forward. But when he was three, he wasn't talking. So he um, would say sounds and I could see in his eyes that he was really bright, but our speech therapist, she said, make sure he says words. So when we were swinging, he'd like to swing. I'd pull him back, I'd hold him, and then he'd have to say something like, Muh, and then I'd push, so we eventually get more. Like I would say more, and he would make some sound. Same with his snack. When he wanted a snack, he had to say something, and I would say snack, and he'd have to say something, and then I would give it to him. So we got words eventually, um, and then by the time he got to kindergarten, he was reading. Uh, yeah, but he had behavioral issues. His his issue was behaviorally, socially and behaviorally, he had issues, whereas other kindergarten students, you know, obviously can get along socially, um, right. they were still learning to read. So I had that teacher kind of point out Owen's strength, but say that he's working on this. So, right. You know, I love that what you just said, uh, finding out what the child's strength is, and then using that, right. And um, I think that's so important. I think with even a child that doesn't have um, autism or, or, or a special need of some sort, um, extra need, sorry, extra need. Um, and, and I don't mean to be offensive on anything that I say. It's just, you know, um, I, I want to be cognizant of that. And it, it, it's just, you know, I think if every teacher took the time to find out their each child's uh, strength and and focus on that too, while helping them build up their, their not so great strengths, um, you know, I think that would be better. I, I think our, our children would excel more, um, especially with, um, you know, with the pandemic hitting, it was hard for every teacher, let alone, you know, on a normal circumstance, let alone a child that needs extra needs. So, um, you know, kudos to you, though, for recognizing that, you know, there was something there and, and getting the help that you need for your son. Because I know I, I hear a lot of times, well, you know, I don't want a, my child to be labeled or uh, things like that. And what would you say to that parent that, you know, says that to you? Well, I don't want my, my child to be labeled. Um, so a label, and I understand too, because I'll be like perfectly honest initially. And, you know, you're, we're talking 20, 24, 21 year, no, sorry, 22, 21, 21 years ago, um, you know, autism was just kind of coming to become more known. And so then I was thinking at first, well, maybe I won't say anything to people because he could bypass the diagnosis, right? And then people wouldn't notice. But the bottom line is, um, no, that that's not the case, right? Like this was back in those days where people were like, oh, you know, if, if you had the gluten-free, casein-free, corn-free diet, maybe they wouldn't have autism or, you know, all, all these things, right? And, and so now we know that, no, you'll always have it. Just like, you know, if you have ADHD, you'll always have it. And, you know, different things, you'll always have it. So putting a label on something is not necessarily a bad thing because then you can get the help and support for the child because you don't get it and the support and help. There's just too, too many kids that have 
um, kind of minor issues. So then when you have something more like autism, you need to have uh, IEP, you need to have that formal diagnosis in order to get the support, the funding, um, to be able to take your, your child to, to the um, heights that they can reach. That's how I feel about it. So I do appreciate respect how people feel, but again, as I said to you, like, well, we were with the diagnosis, we went ahead and did everything we were told to do. We wanted um, the best for our son. And no, it wasn't easy at that time. It was hard. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I, I couldn't even imagine, uh, you know, having, having to go through that. But then also, like you said, I love the fact that you said, um, that you just wanted your your child to excel. So at first, you know, I'm I'm sure it's it's shocking, like you said, and you're like, oh, you know, and I'm sure the whole what what did I do wrong, right? And because we as parents, I think we always want to blame ourselves and like, oh, what could I have done better and and things like that. But in in looking up uh, and preparing for this interview today, I I looked that up and it's just like, right, there is no cure. Um, but in order to help our our children. Um, that need the extra need with that. It's it's not that we did anything wrong. It's just they just need a little bit of extra support. Mm -hmm. and and I think, yeah, they, they look at things differently, right? And there's right. a lot. Of, that's uh, to be fair. That's how I explained it to Owen when he was probably around eight. I I said, well, I have ADHD, and you know, I wear glasses, and you have autism, right? Just to kind of normalize it, because so many people walk around with so many different issues, and and we don't know. We, and we don't know what they're dealing with in their personal life. You know, some of them may have had lots of tragedy and we don't know about that. So if we just normalize it and try and be kind and, and um, show some grace to people, then I think it would go a long way for everybody. Right. Absolutely. You know, and, and like you said earlier, um, you know, Owen went, um, to school and was bullied and a lot of, uh, you know, that, that would have been, hard for on anybody, let alone uh, with Owen. And it, it really gets me, I get furious when my child comes home and says, you know, so-and-so picked on him and, and he was being bullied at school. And this stage, this day and age, I think that is complete crap and should not be happening anymore. As I'm 47 years old and I was bullied pretty much my entire life at school, um, you know, for, for different things, my weight being one of them. And it was horrific for me. And, and really I had extreme low self-esteem, which brought out a lot of other traumas, not traumas, but a lot of other things too. Like, because I had low self-esteem, you know, it was hard to make friends and then, you know, I forget about dating. That's not even something right. Um, and, and so, you know, I think people should be kind, like you said, and instead of uh, making fun of somebody that is different from you, it, just because they need extra support doesn't mean that, doesn't mean anything. It just means that they need extra support. And, and so bullying, um, I think should, in this day and age, especially should be not in schools. I mean, that happened 30 years ago. And, and now to sit here, you say that that's still, I mean, that's very disheartening. Um, I was going to say, like, Owen actually experienced very little bullying because we were very fortunate. He had an EA and the one that he had for most of his elementary career was, again, an angel on earth. And she really understood him and appreciated him. 
brought out the best in him. And I think that's one of the things where I'm kind of getting at too. Like if your child, um, then unfortunately we don't have enough EA support in our um, elementary school systems at this point in time. It's something that money needs to be spent on because there are more and more needs in the schools. And um, in my, my opinion, every, at least every, um, primary grade should have an EA in the classroom um, and let alone an extra EA if there's kids with extra support needed. Um, so we were very fortunate that way because she was able to remove Owen when he was having a really hard time or, you know, ha have him engage with kids when things were going well. Um, so th that was helpful. But yeah, the um, even for me, um, I have a career as an elementary school teacher, even for me, um, there was a lot of stress with school with Owen, um, and he was in the Catholic and the public school. There was we had a number of issues that we had to deal with, and it was very hard and very draining. Um, so, and I know how to navigate the system, so I can really appreciate parents who don't um, how difficult it might be. Right, right. You're right. That. Like I said, I, I couldn't uh, imagine, but I know getting certain phone calls that we've gotten just over the years, right? And and trying to navigate your way through that. Um, and like you said, being a teacher, <laughs> knowing the ins and outs and still being frustrated. So, yeah. And I know as a teacher, you're only, li you're limited to so many. Not only do you guys have um, kids in the, you know, I, I think up to 30 kids in the classroom, I think it is now or whatever it is. Um, and and still having somebody in the classroom that needed that extra support. I know it's sometimes difficult to always have that. And like, you're right. Having an EA in there would be beneficial. Mm -hmm. Because right now, and it has been for a long time, EAs are allotted to the school. If there's a child that has behavioral issues or a child that has um, medical needs, um, kids that have learning difficulties, <laughs> we don't have enough EAs for that. Right. They're right. not in that area and it we need more eas that's all i can say because they with their support then the children like i said oh i believe that owen has done as well because of his ea that was there making sure he got his work done because he he was bright once we got him talking and I, he was bright he ended up going on to high school and graduating um from like the college level program uh with honors so um, but he's not a kid or an adult now that has like a huge work ethic or would go on to college. So he's kind of in that middle area, right? It's, uh, he's not going to work full time and he's not, you know, you know, he's going to have to have support, um, living on his own to make sure it's done. But at the same time, he's extremely bright. Like it's, it's a hard spot to be in sometimes. Right. Right. And so for parents that are watching this now and they're going through the similar things, right? They have a child and adult, I guess, young adult um, that has autism and that needs the extra support. What are the, what are the supports that Owen and you have gotten recently now that he's an adult and out of school? Well, I have to be honest with you. <laughs> support um, as an adult has been very challenging. We had more support when he was younger. Um, we were able to get him into the IBI program. Uh, and so he actually graduated from that. A lot of kids aged out at that time. So that was helpful. Then we had speech therapy. We had occupational 
nutritional therapy. I did go to a nutritionist to help him um, to see if, you know, vitamins and minerals and diet would be a benefit. Um, and then we were able to get a psychiatrist and he had an amazing psychiatrist in London who, you know, really helped. We had a behaviorist help us out because like I said, there was a lot of behaviors and um, I don't, I was very fortunate. I found a friend who um, she had a, has a son with autism and our boys have become friends and we've maintained our friendship. So when I said, you know, my son's melting down, she totally got it because a meltdown from a child with autism is very different than a meltdown from a neurotypical child. So as an adult, um, we had to find a new um, psychiatrist, which was very challenging. And then um, you, you try and get ODSP, which is um, disability pension, which is very limited. And then now I'm working on trying to get him on a list for housing so he can um, live independently. Eventually, um, I'm, I want to make sure that he's set up properly. Right. And then um, there are job coaches. I guess it depends on where you are. We ended up finding uh, a spot for Owen ourselves. Um, and so now he's working two hours a day, twice a week at uh, the Salvation Army in Caledonia, which is a small community not too far from us. And he absolutely loves his job. And then he just working, uh, sorry, he's been working with an author, Kathy um, Gigliardi, and uh, she has helped him write um, five books. And he's going to be publishing his first book in November. And you have been so gracious to help um, promote it. So I just want to put this up right here. So this is the book that Owen has created. Um, I just wanted to put that out. <laughs> I put that out there. And it is coming out November 1st. So yeah. truly excited about that. And yeah, so, you know, and with that, even though you have, you know, you need have a special need that doesn't mean that that stops you from living right and you, Owen is just as pivotal in that like learning um just interviewing Owen even and just learning about him um has been such a great experience for me because I mean he is such an amazing bright just bright guy and and instead of he could have said you know well you know and I have autism, so I'm not going to do anything, but that's not Owen at all. Owen has stepped up, taken his, what he can do and made a, such a creative, uh, amazing story for children. Um, and it's, it's so instead of using that as an excuse, he's, he's done the opposite and is completely accelerated. So I love that. Well, I think I just want to piggyback on your, your word excuse. We never used his, diagnosis as an excuse for anything. And we never allowed him to use that as an excuse. And then as we were raising him, we raised him as any neurotypical child, wrong is wrong. So if you did something wrong, you were consequenced. And, you know, uh, it was not easy. Um, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't like, he liked to uh, have control of the TV and he liked to watch his shows. And when his sister got a little older, she wanted to watch his show and it was a half hour show. And to switch for that half hour, um, you would have thought that I cut off his arm with a butter knife. He was so distraught, tears and crying and screaming. And, and uh, you know what? I, so I always say like, I go through the tsunami and eventually it becomes rain and, you know, just a little mist, but, you have like you had to go through it and it's not easy like i'm not going to 
paint an easy picture. It's not easy. There was many times like I was crying and he was crying. Um, but by doing and standing firm when he was young, then, you know, we were able to watch different shows and he's very polite and, and very gracious and, and appreciative of things. And when I say no to something, he, he's like, listens, right. But it was a lot harder parenting him than it is because of his outbursts after. And um, you have to stand firm. And we were fortunate to have some very good um, people helping us and supporting us. Uh, we took some courses as well, um, just to make sure you know, um, we were doing things right. But one of the things too, is that if they come to you, cause social skills, like we used to go out, um, you know, as you have families, we'd go to other people's houses and then he'd go want to go home. And um, I say, yep, in, in five minutes. Like I'd never go right when he wanted to, like it had to be on our time. So you want to make sure that you're in control, not him, but you don't push it too far. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is a good, that is a great tip. So if you're a parent that's listening, that you have a child with autism, that, that is great. I love the fact that you said, you know, no is no. Um, uh, and right is right. Knowing wrong right is wrong. Yeah. Right. I, I, I love that because, you know, uh, a lot of parents would go, well, I don't want the hassle. You know, I don't want the outburst, but you have to in order to get past that. Right. And Owen is such uh, an amazing young man, like seriously, very polite, very, um, you know, very outgoing. And in order to have that well-adjusted child, you needed to go through that. Right. And I think even uh, even having a child that doesn't have autism, they're going to push your boundaries no matter what. And they're going to act out and, and things like that. And, you know, by being firm, I don't know about you, but I grew up where if you, if your dad, if you asked the first time and you, your dad said no, and you went after it again, forget it. Like we were, <laughs> I'm not going to say we were hit, but we were like, my dad was very firm uh, in that. No. And I think if, Parents would adapt to that way of doing it now. That's like, that's all I have ever known. Um, and of course I grew up and my husband grew up youngest of four and only boy. So he was spoiled rotten. And so it's frustrating in my house because I grew up one way. My husband grew up another way. Our, our, our parenting skills or the way we parent is completely different. Um, and so it's, and that's the, okay. So that's another question. So, oh, your parenting with your husband, like, how was that? Was it the, like, did you both on the same page or was it on different pages or? We, you know what? We were pretty lucky. Yeah. We were pretty much on the same page. Um, he grew up um, on a farm, so he had a good work ethic and, and, you know, basically probably what you said too, right? Like when you were told no, it was no. So we, we were on the same page. I probably took the lead more. And then he, I was very fortunate. Um, he didn't contradict things and I didn't contradict. Um, if we did contradict stuff or thought one of us was too maybe um, quick on the consequence or, or maybe a little too uh, severe on the consequence, you know, like the length of time or whatever, we'd go talk about it and then, behind closed doors. And then the person that gave the consequence would go back and say, okay, look it, um, maybe it doesn't need to be like three days, maybe it's two days, right? Uh, one of the things too we had to learn is you had to figure out your child's currency. And so, um, and also not to make it long. With Owen, um, when he got into 
elementary school, you only had to take the computer away for like from after school to supper. And that was a big con, right? But if you give too long of a consequence, it's too hard for you to manage and it loses its impact. Short and sweet, short and sweet. I love that. I love that. Getting to know your child and, and use that, yeah. um, use that within the structure of parenting. I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people could use that, right? I'm sure. And, and and just looking at some stats before we got on here, one in 36 children have autism, which I didn't really know that. I really had no idea. And 100% of the world's population has autism. And, you know, I, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. And so I, I one of the ladies, um, I think she's in her early forties was just diagnosed with ADHD. And so she had no idea growing up that the way she was, was different. And, you know, she she had learning disabilities, but she didn't even realize that until she was in her early forties. And, you know, I'm sure if she would have had knowledge, I always say knowledge is power. And if she would have had that knowledge at a, a younger age, how her life, you know, could have been different. And instead of, I think, for me, I know I have ADHD. I've been never medically diagnosed with it, but I know I do due to certain tendencies that I do have. So if I would have had that support growing up, it probably could have been, instead of making myself wrong for it all along, I could have, you know, embraced that and, and took that and made um, the challenges a lot more easier. <laughs> exactly. The thing, right? If you know what you're dealing with, knowledge is power, then you can figure out strategies and skills or be able to look up various strategies and skills. Um, With the internet now, there's lots of support for um, ADHD, ASD, like autism spectrum disorder, all sorts of things. And uh, so it's really helpful if you have an an understanding of how you function, right? Right. And I think that's what's so important and why Owen is so well adjusted because at a, a young age, you, you know, got that diagnosis and then helped him right away. Uh, instead of like, you could have said, no, let, I'm just burying my head in the sand and nothing's wrong with my child. He's just, um, the development is slower. Right. And instead of, uh, instead of doing that and making excuses, you and your family decided, nope, let's, let's do what's best for the child and, and get the help needed, um, at, at a, an early age. So kudos for, to you guys for doing that and, and not shying away from it, but actually finding out and and getting the help that he does need. Now, with that being said, like for us, it was a little bit more obvious, but, you know, I have a friend who it wasn't as obvious for her child because her child was more social. Um, And so what was happening for her is that everyone thought she, they were bad parents because the behavior, right. That the child was exhibiting and then their child didn't get diagnosed. I think until mm, I can't like, uh, in, in the early elementary school in the primary. So, you know, that's the other issue is that, um, you know, sometimes depending on where they are on the spectrum, parents don't really know. It's not quite as obvious. They might know that you know, the behaviors are just a little bit more intense than normal and, and whatnot. So it is like, if there is something or you suspect something, um, you know, get a referral from your family doctor and, and go to a pediatrician and, and have, an assessment done to see what's going on. So then, like I said, then you can help your child um, the best you can and and get the supports 
for your child um, so that they can reach their full potential. But yeah, even as even knowing that our child had autism, like a lot of doors and whatnot, because he looks like a typical child, neurotypical child, it looked like we were bad parents a lot of times because there'd be meltdowns in the store and it looks like you have no control and you don't. But uh, I, I remember, you know, having to deal with that um, as well. Like there's a lot, a lot of emotional stuff you have to deal with. Right. And so I guess if you're in a grocery store and you see a child having a meltdown, you know, be kind in, in that, you know, especially with what Cindy just said, you know, you have no idea what that child's going through. You have no idea what the parents going through. You have no idea the conditions or, you know, like you said, the, the child could have autism and it's just their way of dealing with things. Or, you know, we all have bad days and shit happens is what I like to say. Uh, um, right. So in, in talking with you and in talking with Owen, you know, Owen's biggest thing is just be kind. And I, I love that. And so, like you said, we never know um, as a parent or as a child what they're going through. So just be kind and don't judge people. You know, yeah. you, you have no idea um, what someone's going through. So be kind in everything. <laughs> no, live. Exactly. And so um, did you guys have any support groups or anything like that when especially when owen was small and you know after the the diagnosis and things like that yeah so reach offered a support group um it met once a month um and during that group um sometimes we just talk sometimes they have speakers in um it was a speaker that came in to talk about like um um your what was it the henson fund and the registered disability fund which is a great fun to have because they put money in uh, the government puts money in as well um and then it's um children or anyone who is on disability uh they they can't have a lot of money and so this fund allows them to have some money so that you can filter it into them when they're older so that they can live the lifestyle uh, and not live below poverty which um the disability pension is not enough for someone to live Exactly. Um, right. So there's ways if you have a chance to go speak to your bank or your or your financial planner, there's ways to um, try to set your child up for some success and a uh, lifestyle that you would like them to be, um, you know, in when they're when they're. And even if you have a little bit of money, putting it on RDSP, it's the way to go. Right. Yeah, I, when you said ODSP, I was like, man, that's I, I know that my parents have been on pensions for, for a while. And I know that that pension is not a whole lot of money. So and especially in this day and age, you know, with um, with prices of everything being so high, like how could somebody um, who is on ODSP even afford to survive that? Um, so I'm glad that there's something extra out there and that you guys were able to, to get that uh, information. Sorry. Um, that's why like, it takes a while to get housing because you apply for housing. So it's subsidized so that, uh, or in a group home, again, that's subsidized so that their ODSP, you know, a little bit of that goes to their, um, the rent. And then as you know, food is expensive. And if they have any hobbies and no one does art, which, um, takes a lot of, of money for him to do it. Um, yeah, it's, you know, going out anywhere. Yeah. Everything costs money. So, uh, we want him to be able to live comfortably. Um, so right now he lives. 
that's good. But I mean, like with every child, they need to fly the nest and be independent too, right? And so, you know, finding that time of the transition time, you, you want to do what's best for your child. But again, and and doing what's best for your child is so that they could be well adjusted and be out in society, right? Um, so I love the fact that you're setting Owen up for that success to be able to, um, you know, be on his own eventually and, and things like that. And that way you and dad get a break too. <laughs> and I was going to say, you know, most people that have a child that has extra needs also have other children. And one of the best advices a friend gave me was to, to take even both children out like one at a time. So I've always taken Lauren out when she was little and we'd go do something she liked to do. If she liked to go to the mall and then had a special day for Owen and he liked to go thrifting. Um, and I think it's really important to try and make sure that you spend time with your your children that don't have extra needs and maybe spend some individual time. You don't necessarily have to spend money, but just going for a walk or a hike or whatever, because um, even when you try, the extra needs take a lot and it, and it can be hard on the child. Like when Owen had meltdowns, it, it was hard. It was hard for all of us. Right. And, and yet you have a, a uh, you know, a younger sibling, he had a younger sibling that had to watch that. And sometimes she would go, oh, it doesn't matter. I, you know, don't worry about it. I'm like, no, he has to learn that, you know, he can't monopolize the TV or he can't always have his way. Right. So, and they're right now, like they, they're able to chat and talk and she's very, very good with him. I love that. You know, and, and thank you for bringing that up because I, I'm sure like having another child in the house too, like, they, and then they see the behaviors, mm -hmm. you know, like the tans the temper tantrums, but, uh, and good for you for saying, wait, no, because you said wrong is wrong and, and making sure that he realized that, hey, you you need to calm down a bit here, right? And, and so for your daughter to be able to say, um, you know, so she doesn't think that, oh, he's getting away with something else, I guess is the, what I'm trying to say. Um, and, you know, good for you for making sure that they knew that, both of them. And I, I love the fact that you said that you wanted to spend extra time with your daughter as well. I think that's important. You you know, even, even if you're in a family that there isn't an extra need required, that you spend time with each child. Yes. Um, I, I love that. Growing up, we never had that. And, and, and we just did everything as a family, which was there was nothing wrong with that. But, you know, um, having that one on one time with each child, I think is important. I do, too. And uh, um, I appreciate even doing that still with my. my yeah. Right. Right. And then, you know, finding what they like to do too, right. The other child that, and, and enhancing that. And I love the fact that you said it doesn't, it doesn't have to always be spending money. Um, you know, I think, I think our children, no matter if there's an extra need or not, they just want our time and our, our attention. Right. And, and by doing that, um, that is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that brought me to another thing. I had to teach both children that, you know, normally we go to a store, right? When we take our kids and we buy something, we go to the grocery store, we buy something, we go to, right and buy something. I had to teach them that because you go to a store, you don't have to buy something. And that was a skill that was harder for Owen to learn too, right? So we had to learn to go into a store and, and buy things. And all, like a lot of these skills took a long time 
to learn. And, you know, sometimes they had little meltdowns after and, and whatnot, but it's, it's a good skill because now when we go shopping for his art supplies, he'll go into a store and he doesn't buy something just for the sake of buying something. Again, it took a long time, right? It's like, you know, teaching them to, to get rid of things that are needed. You know, first it started with little things and now he can do that on his own, right? Where um, neurotypical children tend to be able to pick up a lot more skills inadvertently, whereas um, kids with, well, my child with autism, he needed to be taught a little bit more directly. Is, so okay, that just okay. You just made me go wow, like a huge light bulb moment. So is that one of the? Um, I don't know. I don't want to say symptoms, but is that one of the things that somebody with autism has that they when they walk into a store that the need is there that they want something each time? I, you know what? To be honest with you, I'm not sure. I thought it was just because we'd always modeled that because I would never go to a store. We live in the country. We never drive to a store just for the right. sake of driving. Right. right. Uh, look, but I'm, I'm, so then that's why we had to teach that particular skill. Right. 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 Um, just curious because I, I know, I know a child that no matter where we go, they need something and it doesn't matter if it's just a, like something small but it's the fact that no we walk into a store and they need to buy something in that store like that's just curious now i'm gonna have to look into that <laughs> or if that's just because they're spoiled rotten and the other parent does not know how to say no that's a possibility too <laughs> yeah like i said parent though we model that because we go to the store to buy something right we don't really just go to window shop right, right. So then I had, I had to realize that, okay, we have to learn that skill and right. to go not buy something just for the sake of it. Right. Right. I love that. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Do you have, thank you so much. This has been a, a huge information for me and for other parents out there, you know, that are either possibly going through the same thing or, you know, making their eyes aware of the possibility that, you know, maybe their child is going through something um, extra, right. And could potentially need the extra support. Um, so I definitely give me a lot of, a lot of things to think about. So thank you so much Cindy for sharing your journey with us today. Well, thanks for having me. And um, you know, I'm, one of the last things I'd like to say is that a lot of times people, when they see or hear that people have ESAD, ESD, they think that everyone's the same and it's not, right? Everyone has different interests. Everyone has, like, so just because there's the diagnosis of autism doesn't mean to say that all the kids are the same. They're just like all neurotypical kids and they have different interests. And like all, all children, you try things to see if they like it. And if they do, great. Like if they like soccer or skating or art, you don't know, but you give it a try and you listen to what they like and then you try and and help them pursue their interests. So right. thank you for having me. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you put that in because, you know, each, like you said, each person is different. And so why wouldn't, um, you know, just because somebody had autism doesn't mean that it's everybody's the cookie cutter and the same. Uh, I love that you made sure that that we address that because that is important. Right. And and for those parents that are out there that are like blaming themselves and and like, oh, they should have seen this or sooner. What would you what would your advice be uh, to to the parents out there that are watching this that are like. 
down on themselves. Well, I went through that too. <laughs> um, at that time when uh, uh, autism was there, they talked a lot about, you know, the mother having a lot of uh, mercury from eating fish, right? I'm like, oh my goodness, it's because I ate tuna sandwiches, right? Um, no, you can't blame yourself. The blame game doesn't do any any good. Um, you not seeing it right away. Like I said, the the spectrum is 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 huge, right? We have kids that are nonverbal that do not gain language. Up to you know, we have famous people like Elon Musk and uh, Bill Gates, right? So the spectrum is huge. So if you don't notice it right away, don't blame yourself. Just go from there move forward, go get a, an assessment done by a pediatrician and, and move forward. Because the blame game, honestly, it only takes up your energy and raising a child with extra needs requires a lot of energy. <laughs> and the other thing is, um, you know, I laughed a lot because if I didn't laugh, I'd be crying. <laughs> you try and find the, some things and uh, move on from there. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I think parenting itself is, like I said at the beginning, is, I'm not going to say hard, but it's challenging. Yeah. Uh, you know, being a stepmom um, has had more challenges than anything else that I've ever done in my life. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where um, I have empathy for any parent, let alone a, a parent that, you know, it has a child with extra needs and, you know, and, and things like that. I think, I think what we should also form is some kind of support, especially when they're younger, that, um, you know, matching children up that, that um, play well with uh, other children to give each uh, play dates, like setting up play dates for, uh, this is just coming to me, setting up play dates so that the parents, each parent gets a, like, like a day off or a some rest, because like you said, it, it is, it is challenging. Um, you know, and it takes a lot of energy. So if we could re reboost parents and give them that energy that they needed, right? And and so I love that. That's just something that came to me. I don't know if that's possible, but um, I think it. Like um, I know with us in our community, we have some respite money, and uh, I we were fortunate to be able to use it the way we wanted. So we we would hire, and I I was blessed again. Had amazing babysitters. So that my husband and I could go out um, because I didn't need someone to take Owen out and do things. That's not what I needed. Other parents need that. So you have to do what you needed. But one thing is important, whether um, you have a parent, a uh, child with extra needs or not, you always have to make sure that you connect with, with your spouse um, by going out once a month, at, at least it, it's helpful. And even if you don't think you need it, you do. <laughs> so for, well, watching your children, you still need to get it. Um, right. And that helped us maintain our 31 year marriage. <laughs> so I, I was just going to say that was one thing you said, like, I, I love the fact that you said that because, um, you know, spouses have to be on the same page, even marriage, like if you both have to be on the same page and to be able to, um, like you said, get out there and have that me time, just the two of you. Um, I love that you mentioned that because that I believe that's hugely important for any marriage, especially a marriage where you have a child with extra needs. So I uh, thank you for putting that in there because yeah, I, I noticed with my marriage that if we don't, if, if like we could go almost a month without a date night and a date night to me can just be consisted of him and I going for a walk. Like, I really don't care. It doesn't have to be a lot of money, but having that me time together. And I love that you said, you know, that you made sure that you guys had that time. 
Yeah. And there's a difference between just the two of you sitting watching Netflix at night compared to, like you said, even just going out for a walk, getting out of the house, the two of you together is important as a couple to maintain that. Absolutely. All right. So now we come to the segment of the show where we usually do the fundamental section of the show. Uh, Kimberly is uh, not here today. Um, I know that she should be back from India soon. Uh, and so I, I prepped Cindy a little bit for what the fundamentals are. So fundamentals are what three things that you would like if you were this is my take on it. If you were to leave the planet Earth tomorrow, uh, what would you want people to um, know that you lived your life by? Or you know what I'm getting at, right? <laughs> up with just three. But um, my first one was to be honest and trustworthy. So it's really important that when you say you're going to do something, you do it and that you're honest, not just um, to like strangers, but to you know, your, your family as well. Um, and that they can trust that you'll be there for them and your friends can trust that you'll do things for them. So that's my first one. Okay. And then my second one was to be kind and respectful to others. Um, I think it's really important no matter what the person's, um, position or socioeconomic status, if you show kindness, grace, respect, um, to everybody. And I think that's really, really important. And then the last one, um, I kind of got that one from my, my nan, any job worth doing is worth doing well. So always put your best towards anything you do. I love those. Yeah. I love those three. You're right. The world would be a better place if, if we could, you know, be our word. I, 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 I 100% with you on that. Um, I'll, kind of drives me crazy when, you know, people, I'm sure they are well-meaning. I am sure of it because I would hate to think that anybody just would say something and then not have any intention of following through. So I, I'm, that is the one thing that drives me absolutely crazy. So I'm with you on that one, Cindy. Goes <laughs> again, what I said, like your, your kids need to know because as you know, it's challenging. Um, as your stepson gets older, you'll see different challenges. So every stage has a different challenge, but they need to know that you're there no matter what. And, uh, you know, your feelings are going to get hurt and, and you're, you know, you have your own things that you're dealing with, but if they can always know and trust that you'll be there, um, that'll go a long way. Right. I absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it, that goes back to like, you know, if you punish I don't want to say punish your child, but if there's consequences for every action, let's just put it that way. Right. And so if your child says something and you say for the 10th time, okay, you know, I'm taking that away from you and I'm going to take it away from you for, let's say two a week, be your word in that. Because if you don't, they, they're going to keep pushing you because you're not your word and it's not their fault. It's your fault. And that's your why fault for not step, stepping <laughs> through with that. <laughs> and I said it's short, um, how long take it away because uh, it can like a month and then they're going to do something else within that month. Right. So then it's like, well, now what do you do? So if you kept it short with like even just a day or two days at the most, then they get it back because something else is going to go on. You just keep, you know, rotating through it because otherwise it's too hard for you to maintain. And what do you do the next thing they do wrong? 
right? For a consequence. But it is important. The consequences are both positive and negative, right? So if, you know, we know that if we go to our job, we get paid. <laughs> That's a positive consequence. Right? So kids can learn that too, right? If they're, we used to give uh, allowance or money um, if they did certain chores, right? So that they would learn how to manage money. And let me tell you, when it was their money that they were spending, they didn't want as much. <laughs> Girlfriend, you have no idea. And you said a whole bunch there. And, and that is something that we finally are, my husband and I are finally on the same page for. Um, you know, I, we pay for your basic necessities and, and, well, not your basic, we pay for a lot. Um, but, and, and those things that there's certain things we're not willing to pay for. And if you want them, you you have to pay for them yourselves. And I, and I love that there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And I don't care what age they're at. They, a kid needs to learn responsibility, obviously, you know, when they're one, two, whatever, um, they don't even know things back then, but when, when it comes to a time when they're at an age that they know, like people, children need to learn that, you know, there is value in things and um, there's consequences like, I don't know how many tablets that this child has been through. Uh, but after, I think it was the second one that he broke. We're like, no, we're all in agreement. I, all four parents are in agreement that then you need to take your birthday money out of that and get the next one. And so, you know, but let me tell you, we went clothes shopping in Detroit one day. This kid wanted a hundred pair of dollar shoes. And I said, there is no way in hell I am paying a hundred dollars for a pair of shoes that you're going to outgrow in two months anyways. And so my husband, thank God, was on the same page as me. And, and we told him, fine, you want it. It comes out of your money. And yeah. that kid dragged us into the same store three times. I'm telling you three times. And I was just like, this well, I'm sure it's coming out of my ears. And by this time I had to walk out of the store because I said to my husband, I'm like, I'm just going to go walk through the mall because I can't handle this. Like there's certain, I'm up to here when I'm up to here at a certain time, I have to walk away. Um, and I've, I've learned that. I mean, my husband's learned that. Thank, thank <laughs> God. And, but I'm like, seriously, but if it was, if it was us that, that we're, we're going to pay for it, he'd be in and out of that store like that. But because we told him it was him. no, three times in the same store, 20 minutes each time. And we ended up leaving without anything because we told him it was, it was uh, him. And I'm telling you that those people must've thought that we were completely lunatic, but I don't, I didn't care. We were, I was, we were in there. I was, I was sticking to what I had said because I, I'm a firm believer in that. And it, it taught him a lesson that, Hey, you know, there's certain things we're willing to pay for certain things we're not. And there's, like you said, I, I'm sticking to that. <laughs> that was good. Though. You learned that lesson that you guys didn't back down. And uh, I, I had a, another person tell me, friend that tell me that what they did is they, this is how much I'll pay for jeans or this is how much I'll pay for shoes. And then if you want the, the extra, then you put that in. Right. And I thought that do it too. So there's oh. lots of strategies that uh, make kids stop and think before um, you know, because stuff is expensive. And like you said, if they're going to grow out of it in two months, why would you spend a hundred dollars? Exactly. Oh, that reminds me. Okay. So I have to share this story. I don't share too much of my childhood stories, but, uh, my brother, I, my, 
I was okay with the Walmart or back then it was Kmart specials. Walmart wasn't back then, or if it was, it wasn't in our town that we were living in at that time. Uh, so I think it was Kmart. And so my dad, you're right. My dad gave us a, a limit, you know, right. A pair of jeans, 20, I think 50 bucks was the most he would spend. And that was a lot, even back, like, especially back then. Well, my brother had to have Enwin jeans, Enwin jeans back when we were in our teens were a hundred bucks a piece back then. Wow. I know. So my brother, who had to be all bougie, wanted <laughs> refused to to refuse to wear Kmart clothes back then, or yeah, Zeller's Kmart, whatever. Anyways, so my 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 dad said, "Fine, you're paying for them." So my brother got a job. He ended up buying himself a pair of Edwin jeans, hundred dollar jeans, back when we were seventeen years old. We're in our forties now, and uh, but those jeans lasted a heck of a long time, and I think he might even still have a pair of them. But my dad was firm. He was just like, "Nope, I'll pay for your clothes, but it's th this is the cap that we were doing." And my parents were really good. He they never did one like more for one than the other uh always made sure my mother even to the penny for christmas and stuff like that nope i spent on you know 100 bucks on each kid and she was so proud of that and my dad says yeah in order to make things fair you guys never just had a hundred dollar christmas because your mom would see something that she wanted to get something uh, one or the other one like your brother so christmas in our house even back then, I'm sure she spent at least 500 bucks on each of us back then, um, which was crazy and insane. And not what we weren't kids that constantly were asking for things, but to make it in all fairness, because, you know, each parent wanted to do better than what they had when they were growing up. And so I think I think that's a misconception that we're still trying to get out of in this day and age, um, because parents are I don't care who you are. Your parents are doing the best that they can with what they've been given. So anyways, that's just my soapbox for the day. Thank you for listening. <laughs> oh, with that, thank you so much, Cindy. This has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Um, thank you so much for sharing your journey um, with, oh, with Owen with us. And, uh, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here on the show. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely. And before we end, wrap up today's uh, segment, guys, I just want to give out another shout out here. Don't forget, go get your book, November 1st, The Great Flood of Bogenland uh, book. It comes out where all books are sold. So go get your copy on November 1st. And uh, it is for ages three to six, but it's a great adventure story. Uh, and I don't want to give the book away, but it is a great book for your, for your child. And there's actually also an educational piece at the end too. So definitely go get your copy on November 1st and support Owen in his venture. And uh, again, thank you so much to me for being on the show today. Thanks. Take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. Don't forget guys, be unstoppable in all that you do and see you same time, same channel next week. Bye for now.